Welcome to the CORD Research Alliance podcast. My name is Kristen Check, Program Evaluation Coordinator at Water Mission and one of the hosts of this podcast. Today we're coming at you directly from the One Accord Forum in Ridgecrest, North Carolina. Uh, at One Accord, participants come together to focus on our uniqueness as Christ-centered relief and development uh, organizations. So yesterday we had the Accord Research Alliance, uh, the, the annual spiritual metrics and research intensive that we hold every year at the One Accord Forum, which brings together participants from a variety of organizations and academic institutions uh, to discuss best practices around measuring what matters in Christian relief and development. So in the spirit of this event, we're taking the opportunity to have a deeper discussion with some of our members about what they're working on within their respective organizations in the areas of research, evaluation, and learning. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mariah Otto, who is International Programs Representative at Feed My Starving Children. So Mariah, first tell us, uh, if you could, your thoughts about the research intensive yesterday and maybe just the One Accord Forum in general. Sure. Um, well, this is my second year attending the Accord Conference and um, the research intensive in general. Um, and this year, I had a wonderful time yesterday um, at the intensive. Um, one of my favorite parts about that time together with so many people um, who kind of cover research, both from an academic lens and from a more um, general m and lens, is um, there's really just a think tank of people. And I think that's something that um, I never, I don't always get back in the office um, with, with one person kind of working on m and depending on, on your team, on who's working on it. It's it's hard to, to kind of bounce ideas off of as much. So coming together once a year and, and um, more frequently through podcasts like these and webinars, um, just a great way to be able to hear what people are doing and, and kind of glean ideas um, from that to be able to implement into the m and I'm doing at, at Feed My Serving Children. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you found it a valuable experience. Yes. yes. We did too. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to Feed My Starving Children? Sure. So um, I actually started working at Feed My Serving Children about five years ago. Um, I started working um, actually as a team leader, so um, leading some of the volunteer sessions. So I should probably explain a little bit about um, who Feed My Serving Children is. Um, we are a Christian nonprofit organization that um, distributes nutritionally supplemental meals to um, specifically geared towards malnourished children. And we do that through volunteers on the state side who package up all those um, various meals and then we send it to our, our global network of partners in um, right now over 55 countries um, across the world. So that's kind of um, how we do our, our food distribution. And um, I started off as a team leader running those, those volunteer sessions, but um, was really passionate about um, just nonprofit operations and, and how we work. I studied nonprofit and entrepreneurial management in college. Um, and had interned for a variety number of, of global in, uh, organizations as well as local organizations and just seeing how people ran their programs and, and how you can run those better. Um, and m and &E is such a big part of that and I, it was a big emphasis in, in my schooling. And so um, there's a full-time job that came up at FMSC to kind of start doing a little bit of m and &E as well as doing um, some relationship management within our partnerships. So, um, now my, my job is actually geared full-time um, towards m &E in the last couple of months, which is huge and, and really exciting for me to really be able to focus all my time and effort on, on really taking off um, on m and &E at, at FMSC. That's great. So the monitoring and evaluation focus, you know, being that that's a new role for you, where do you mm -hmm. see that 
um, kind of going, I guess, with what, what's your immediate plan mm -hmm. sort of for, within that role? Yeah, well, I, I think FMSC um, kind of in its history has been a very, we tell a lot of great qualitative stories and that's, that's a big push on who we are, but I think there's now this push, um, whether that's from donors or our own staff or volunteers or um, watchdog organizations to do more evaluation and get more quantitative results to really kind of improve your programs and to, to be able to kind of um, communicate that better. And so my hope is, is to really kind of go alongside the qualitative data that we already have and, and just kind of add extra support for that and, mm -hmm. and really make sure that our, the programs that we're running are effective. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And having that triangulation of methods is yeah. so important for really having a holistic understanding of right. what your program impact is. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Great. Okay, so today we really wanted to dig into um, a bit more on the research project that you just completed in Ghana with Alan Reeser from Metrics Research Group, who was one of the sponsors for the research intensive yesterday at the forum. Um, and that project specifically was focusing on nutritional security. So what prompted you, first of all, to carry out this study? So um, kind of like I spoke earlier, FMSC has a history of a lot of qualitative feedback from the field. So from our, our global distribution partners, that's what we require of them is um, qualitative feedback through stories and photos um, a, a certain amount of times a year. Um, but we had actually hired Alan um, to kind of start creating some tools for us to begin really looking at um, the impact on the on a social and a, and a health level um, and how we could get some of that quantitative evaluation as well. So Alan um, created those tools for FMSC and we kind of came to a point where we wanted to, to start using those tools. Um, and then at that same time, we, we got introduced to um, an organization in Ghana. We saw um, that there was this area where we had n never distributed food before um, and, and that we could get kind of some good baseline data and, and it kind of all these relationships and this perfect timing came into place and we knew how FMSC wanted to, to move forward in m and &E and thought that this, this research project would be a great platform to do so. Okay, great. So can you describe the study a little bit more for us? Maybe, you know, the objectives, the goals, and I guess the process that, that you went through, the methods maybe that you used? Yeah, so the overall goal, um, the, the study is called the Longitudinal Impact of Nutritional Security um, on Rural Ghana Schools. Um, so we, we did four schools in Ghana, um, and really we wanted to see how um, nutritional security really impacted social and health outcomes of communities, families, and, and individuals. So how we did that is um, we had 800 children from these four schools in Ghana, um, and they were in two different two different regions of of the Volta region in Ghana. And um, we designed it to have three sets of data collection throughout the year. So we did a, a familiarization phase, and then a baseline, a midline, and an endline um, study. And and through that we did. BMI collection of these 800 children, um, so height and weight, um, based on, on WHO standards. And then we also did um, some qualitative focus groups as well as a study called Quantified Outcomes Study. And this was one that um, Metrics had created for us as well. So this was really to measure the social outcomes um, that had happened in um, the parents and families and teachers' lives. So some, some of the adults um, on that end as well. Okay. 
And so throughout this process, because I mean, undertaking a study of this <laughs> si like the sample size and the longitudinal nature of the study is a big, it's a big deal. So yeah. I'm assuming you probably encountered some challenges <laughs> undertaking this. Uh, could you, you know, walk us through what some of those were? Yeah, and, and I think um, just to, to kind of reemphasize too, it was the first study of FMSC's nature. So I think there was even a lot of challenges that um, someone who had maybe had done a smaller study or, or a different kind of study might have um, not encountered, but all great, great things that we learned. So some of the biggest challenges I would say, um, number one is, is this new country and this new partner we thought would be a really great angle to go to just because um, it was kind of a clean slate for us of they hadn't done food distribution. We had never um, distributed there. And so we felt like they didn't have that, that factor in play, but it actually turned out a little harder um, just because we, we didn't have that relationship, strong relationship with them. We didn't know how Ghana, the government um, acted, how food distribution even looked. And so um, that, that was one of uh, the big struggles. Um, the second one is probably assuming um, that training the, the locals would be an easy task or an easier task. Um, and so that was the big thing is we thought we could train train the locals to do all of the data collection and then um, we wouldn't have to go in and it ended up being that that wasn't the case. The, the knowledge and the capacity of this organization just wasn't where we thought it was mm -hmm. and, and nothing to, to hit on them but um, just not how we plan and so we had to do, we had to go in for every data collection. So that was another really large challenge for us. Um, and I'd say the third one was really managing the, the extraneous factors that, I mean, you can't always do in your studies, but there are some things that I think we could have looked at a little more, um, such as the lack of water access in some of these communities. So how did that really affect them cooking these meals? Mm -hmm. um, the, the lack of medicine for deworming. If, if these kids have worms, the nutrition isn't having the same impact. Um, and a lot of education around for the parents, because the parents assumed that these kids were getting fed at school, which they were, but a lot of them then wouldn't um, provide meals at home. And so you're really looking at all these different factors that can, can kind of mm -hmm. affect your results as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, you kind of touched on really a couple things that I feel like we talked about yesterday at the um, research intensive and having sort of the process or the program down before you start a study which in a lot of cases when we study something we're studying something new right, right. so that can sometimes be an impossible thing to do mm -hmm. um, but then also understanding what resources you have available which again when we're studying often there, there's different contexts it's in you know maybe somewhere we haven't worked well or worked in before and it's hard to have a grasp on those resources mm -hmm. until you're actually there and right. working. So yeah, that's, that's such a big challenge. Um, but then even like those potential confounding variables, which like you said, there's some things you couldn't do something about, but it's not until you dig deeper right. that you see, oh, okay, this could actually be diluting the impact right. of the program. But I, I think then you can take that and really see, okay, can we be addressing that as FMSC and, and who we're distributing to, can we address that in the communities and say, hey, you know, this, do we need to kind of start pairing up with, you know, mm -hmm. someone who does deworming medicine? Is that what's going to make the most impact with our food? Right. Or is it 
um, yeah, we got to make sure all these communities have clean water or accessible water, really, mm -hmm. so that they can cook our, you know, are those things that we need to take mm -hmm. into consideration. Yeah, that sounds really useful just in itself to, you know, we right. all know we don't work in isolation, but until you see those factors come mm -hmm. together and kind of map it out, then, yeah, that's really useful. Yeah. Good. Yep. Cool. So your challenges at least had some useful uh, outcomes, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. A lot of learning. <laughs> So what was your biggest insight um, along the way? Or can you talk about any successes that you've had with this project? Um, one of the, the biggest insights that I've had and I, I know our team has had um, is the importance of monitoring throughout an evaluation study. Um, and it, it almost seems like a duh moment, um, but it wasn't um, mm -hmm. until after our first year and we started looking at the challenges that we did see and what was really going on in these communities. And I think that's when we realized why haven't we really been connecting every month or um, mm -hmm. putting check-ins every you know month and a half or whatever that looks mm -hmm. like. And so we created this kind of um, checklist for those who were in the communities to kind of go through every month and visit the schools and ask them certain questions. And and from those monitoring reports, we actually saw a lot of of um, things that needed to be tweaked and able to tweak them really quickly to kind of get people on the same page and, and make sure everyone was was up to speed, but I think the, the monitoring a, a study throughout is super important um, because what you intend and, and what is actually going on is important to really differentiate. And I know someone at the intensive yesterday mentioned yeah. that and <laughs> kind of put a light bulb in my head like that's exactly what we went through. And uh -huh. if I would have known that, we maybe could have put something in place before mm -hmm. the study started. But again, something you learn. So a yeah. really big insight for us. I think some successes. Um, I think the school scenario was a, a really great success. We were looking at family feeding at first, but an uh, institution like that was really manageable. I think um, we did some tablet surveys, so mobile data collection was, was a huge thing for us that um, just really took out some biases and some errors that could happen in data collection um, and, and some things that we were seeing with school records not matching up the first year. And so when we implemented the, the mobile data collection, that took all that out and was way easier and we got way better results. So mm -hmm. that was a huge factor. Um, and I think our ability and our flexibility and our knowledge to extend another year to really kind of see what else we could do with it and, and how we could kind of tweak it and, and see some more data um, was a success on our end because I, I think having that flexibility to not only say, okay, yeah, we did it a year or we did it for this certain amount of time, but we have the ability to continue and, and make some changes was huge for us mm -hmm. as well. Okay, yeah, that's great. So I know you have a preliminary report available, um, but you're still definitely combing through the data and, and looking at that uh, more finely. Is there any initial findings you might be able to share with us though at this point? Yeah, so, so like you said, um, our analysis and, and some of our publishing is um, still underway and we're still in conversation about that. Um, but probably the, the two things I can share, um, one is on, on kind of the health outcomes in the BMI. So there was no um, statistical significant change in, in the first year of our project, so June 2015 to um, September 2016. Um, but once we did that second year, um, looking at the data from that, there was a, a, a significant change. And, and looking at that, we changed the portion size in the second year. So huh. that is a really interesting thing to FMSC of, yeah. of what we're looking at for portions um, and just kind of how long it, it might take a kid in, in that kind of state to really 
um, come out of, of malnutrition or, or move. Mm -hmm. um, and then from some of our qualitative focus groups with schools and teachers and communities, um, there was this huge emphasis on school attendance and school retention. So a lot more kids coming to school because they had a meal, obviously, and, and kind of consistently. But um, they were a lot of the teachers kept talking about um, this attention span of, of these kids um, and their energy just being at a different level since this food program started. Um, and, and less sickness as well, so mm -hmm. less absenteeism. So a lot of great out, um, outcomes in, in the school and, and some good things to notice through the BMI as well. Yeah, wow, that's really encouraging for sure. I look forward to maybe learning more as you continue right. to unpack all of yes. that. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, what do you hope to do with these findings? Um, have you like fed any of this back into your programs at all yet? Or what's your plan? Yeah, so... Um, Two probably big things that have been in discussion now within our organization, um, one being, I kind of touched on it, but the, the serving size of what FMSC says is a meal. Um, I think we're really looking at caloric intake because that was one thing that we never really took into consideration is, is these kids and, and how, how many calories they should be taking. Mm. So how much is it serving and how, how does that affect their weight gain or weight loss? So we're really looking at that um, and, and have a, a nutritional consultant who's kind of helping us along those lines. Um, and the second thing that I would say is we're really focusing on nutritional education with our product. Um, I think we assumed, you know, you feed the, the school children a, a meal and, and they're going to be good to go. But mm -hmm. if, if parents and if teachers don't understand that this is a supplemental meal and that they should still be feeding outside and that, you know, like I said, their, their calories should be at a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, so we're doing a lot of, we're going to start doing some material on nutritional education for our distribution partners as well as our own staff um, so that we can correctly communicate to our donors and our volunteers and, and however we're platforming that as well so people understand the context of how FMSC food needs to be used. Okay, that's great. So yeah, a lot of really useful learnings then for you out of this. Study. Really useful, yeah. yeah. And just a, a great way to start dialogue in our, in our um, organization. Mm -hmm. so. That's great. Well, I mean, this is a great example of using research to, to design programs for maximum impact. So yes. thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. No so can you tell people where they can find you and Feed My Starving Children online to learn more about you and the program? Yeah, so um, online to find Feed My Starving Children, you can go to fmsc.org. Um, and then you can also shoot me an email if you want to learn more about um, ME or this Ghana project or any other things in the international programs um, at M-O-T-T-O -T -T -O, or motto <laughs> at fmsc.org. Great. Great. Thanks, Mariah, for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. As always, thank you everyone for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and email us at ARA at AccordNetwork.org to send ideas about who we should talk to next or any other suggestions you might have on what you would like us to unpack on this podcast. Until next time.